welcome to the asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Now a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check out this and countless other great fantasy sports podcasts over at FullTimeFantasy.com. At Full-Time Fantasy on Twitter. And as always, you can follow your boys at the Asylum, AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter, and, of course, AsylumFootball at gmail.com to be caught part of the show. It's about time's about up, 24 hours right from right now as we record to get those drafts in. Run over to FullTimeFantasy.com, participate in the Best Ball World Championship, a $35 starter league. Head on out. The boys are in Las Vegas right now, Rick. We, we uh, missed the bus, apparently. We didn't make it out there. Go out there, the 8th Annual World Championships in Las Vegas. Take what you learn here and on the Full-Time Fantasy Network and turn it into some real straight cash homie. That's right, man. We are Fligger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show. Thanks for joining us. One day away from the NFL season kicking off. The drafts are basically over, by and large. There's a few late hangers on, but... um, yeah, the mailbag kind of filled up, Rick. We Did got it? some questions. Uh, and, I, I got a couple offline, too. I'll, yeah, good. I'll bring in when we get there. So. Super. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of things to cover. You know, one or two things happened in the, yeah, in, the, just a, in the past few days. Just a few. We should probably just talk about the hurricane and politics in your – NBA. Yeah, in the NBA <laughs> because there isn't a whole lot going on otherwise. So – Let's get into it. Let's get into the headlines. Of course, we got to start Ezekiel Elliott back in Dallas. Six years, $90 million extension, $50 million guaranteed. We'll talk about the fantasy impact on this. What was Jerry Jones doing up until now? If this was where he was willing to go, what, what, what did we do for the last month? I knew he was going to cave. This takes caving to an entirely new level. I don't. I, I'm glad he did it. He should have done it. But what was with all the posturing for the last six weeks? If this is where we landed, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just Jerry being Jerry, I guess. I guess. And but but the deal's done, and and they should be fine. I, look, I'm I'm glad he signed. Don't get me wrong. I I just really think that um, and Todd Gurley is a good example of it. Man, you're throwing a bunch of money at a really precarious asset. I mean, it's yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is a special guy, and Melvin Gordon, don't get your hopes up no. because this isn't. This is still a special case. Yeah, yeah. It's- we talked about this probably a month ago, I guess, when it was first going on. That Dallas really needs. Elliott a lot more than the Chargers right. need Gordon. And I, I don't think since the 90s when people actually ran the football has a running back been more important to a team than Ezekiel right. Elliott is to the Dallas Cowboys. So what do we do this week, Rick? Different reports. I haven't seen it everywhere. It's kind of one report getting you know, retweeted over and over again. That there's going to be a, a limit. He's going to be on a bit of a pitch count, maybe 25, 30 snaps. I, I've seen it a bunch of different ways. Y- you have any trepidation about? I, I think you got to temper your expectations. Is there a scenario where you sit Ezekiel Elliott this week? No, no. I mean, I, not me. I mean, if I'm invested, you you probably got him at least in the second round. I can't imagine any, unless you drafted a month ago and you right. figured, oh, this is going to be a marathon, blah, blah, blah. No, you got it. You got to play him. And even if he gets 
what, 15 to 20 touches and he gets 70 yards and a touchdown and a couple of catches, I mean, that's well worth it. I mean, it's who are you going to put in this place and, and get a ton more production? Yeah, yeah. I think I don't always – well, I guess I do because I will say it through, throughout probably the mailbag in our start sits, you know. You know, barring injury, barring oddball things, you drafted a guy where you drafted him for a reason. It's week one. Don't get too cute. Don't outthink yourself. Play your studs. I know there's probably a scenario in some 10-team leagues, Rick, where you have, you know, somebody on the bench. I don't know who that somebody would be that you might want to think about. Because I think that stat line you rattled off is probably the high-water mark for Zeke this week, right? Most likely. you, You know, but I, I wouldn't have the guts to sit him. <laughs> I really wouldn't. Unless, I wouldn't either. There's... Unless I'm in some 10-team league with a bunch of rubes and I have. Right. You know, maybe it... Chris Carson sitting on the bench. Maybe I'd start a Chris Carson over Zeke this week. But I don't know what scenario you wouldn't be starting Carson either. Right. So. And to your point, is, is you know once we get to the mailbag, you'll see a lot of the questions. In fact, I would say most of the questions are – flex spot positions, right. a quarterback controversy, something of yeah, that nature, yeah. a couple of trades. All right, well, moving on from that, Melvin Gordon, Rick Trent Williams, on the other hand, appear no closer to getting deals done. You know, Melvin Gordon, they've given his reps permission to seek a trade. Did you see that crazy trade with Philadelphia yeah. standing out there with Jordan Howard and picks and the Chargers still paying him and all this nonsense? Shocker, that one fell apart. You know, boy, you talk well, about if the- you're, if you if yeah, if you're the Eagles, why not? Yeah, throw it out there. Yeah. What's the worst you can do? Because yeah. again, nobody has any leverage here. Sure, whatsoever. You know, the Chargers. You went about taking a hard line, saying, "All right, well, now we're not negotiating till the season's over." So it's either Melvin Gordon comes back or he doesn't play. Comes back on his own. No negotiation, no deal. You know, maybe maybe they can get a trade done. I just have to wonder who's going to make that trade. Wherein. Not only do you have to give up assets to give get Melvin Gordon, then you immediately have to negotiate with him, and he wants a deal in the realm of Gurley and what Elliott just right. did, whether or not you think – no. I, I'm sorry, no. Melvin Gordon isn't worth that. I'm not going to see whether or not you believe it. He's not worth that. He thinks he's worth that. Who in their right mind would give up anything for that mess? Well, we've already seen it. The Chargers said, go for it. You yeah. have our blessings. <laughs> They had Save one offer from Philadelphia, and it was Jordan Howard in a what a third round or mm-hmm. something. And, oh, by the way, Rick, you're still paying his oh, yeah, salary. Yeah, you pay him. Right? We'll take him off <laughs> yeah. your hands. We'll but pay Jordan pay. Howard. You pay <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think Melvin Gordon uh, stash in deep leagues at this point. But boy, Rick, I now it's been mainly home drafts. You know, the last week or so, I still saw this guy going even in the. Fifth, yeah. sixth, seventh rounds, and I just at best this thing's over in week nine, and I'm I'm just not confident in that because if you're Melvin Gordon, how much of a punk do you look like, honestly, if you come back hat in hand in week nine right. and say, "All right, you got me." I just don't think you know. And you and you can do a, a quick peruse of the NFL and go team by team. There's not a team out there. I gave Philadelphia, yeah, they threw a little bit of interest out there. You know, it was a fantasy interest. I mean, who else? Maybe Houston, but they have already traded away every draft and asset they have for nothing. Exactly. And you look at it, the only other team really that – 
Tampa, but they're you know they're not going to invest that heavily no. when they've got you know everything else. What's going on in Tampa? Melvin Gordon's not going to bring them a title. No, no. I mean they no, they need to build a complete the, team, right? Um, yeah, Melvin Gordon isn't the missing. So there's just not a lot of teams in the market for a no. running back. Certainly willing to pay that for a running back and have to give up assets for exactly. it. So Austin Eckler owners licking their chops right now. Is his ADP to me? Never really went up as high as it should have. You know, considering I've got all this. shares of him in quite a few leagues. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't think a whole lot of uh, Gordon's holdout, meaning I didn't think he was going to be nah. back anytime soon. I grabbed Eckler whenever I thought it was a decent enough value. Yeah, I, didn't, I think at this point it's all going to look like a value right. in that offense. So I think the biggest news of the week, Rick, LaShawn McCoy, my boy Shady, cut by the Bills, signed by the Chiefs. How do we sort all this? No, first of all, let's start with... Dude, Frank Gore, man, just a career killer. He is never going away. No. I saw something on Twitter. I wish I had jotted down who it was so I could give him credit. That He said the biggest thing he's looking forward to in the NFL in a few years is when Frank Gore and his son are competing for the same job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this dude just keeps getting it done. Shady, I'll tell you what, it makes perfect sense reuniting with Andy Reid with what they want to do on offense. Andy Reid's penchant towards the RBB. BC, but my God, what a blow to Damian Williams owners, and I think more specifically Darwin, Darwin Thompson, Thompson owners, exactly. who there is nary a, nary a league that I have drafted in, and then it's up in the teens that Darwin Thompson isn't on my roster, and it was just Andy Reid just punched me in the throat with that one. Yeah, and he's going to get plenty of work. He's familiar with Andy Reid, he's, and vice versa, and they know how to you know, work well together in that system. And look, yeah, it's um, hooray for the Shady McCoy owners. They may have saved some people's seasons. Um, at least he's usable fantasy-wise. Usable, but, but that's what about it's it. done is really hurt the Darwin Thompson oh, yeah. value. Yeah, that that crush. You know, Williams. I think the, the only thing I think you can hope for is a Darwin Thompson owner. I still believe, as is the reason I have all these Thompson shares and no Damian Williams shares, is I believe Thompson was going to supplant him at some point fairly early in this season. That could still happen in terms of supplanting Damian Williams, but Williams is still going to get his work. Now, LaShawn McCoy, you know, you, you say usable. Yeah, he's an end of the end of your bench, you know, desperation. He'll have a game somewhere, right, where he's got 80 yards and and a couple of touchdowns. It's going to be so situational. This comes back to the the evil nature of Andy Reid, who just doesn't give a damn about your fantasy team whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, this is such a boom for the Chiefs. This makes so much sense, but just crushing. Isn't it so? Andy Reid does not like fantasy football teams. What a jerk. I mean, he's he's so selfish. He He likes his Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll tell you what, to your point, it may, even if you are correct, I'm not sure that you are. I mean, I obviously think that you are correct that he will supplant Damian Williams. I think this delays Darwin Thompson's ascension, oh, if you will, certainly. because you won't see as much of him 
you know, looking so much better, et cetera, et cetera, because there's going to be three of them in there. Well, and a lot of my belief in this is, you know, Damian Williams has never played a full season. He has never played a month as the lead back on a team. I didn't think, you know, he had the ability to just step in and take that over. So it was going to be a good two-man committee, right? And Thompson would show out a little bit, but now McCoy's cutting into that. I mean, you know, early in the year, this is probably what? 50% 50% Williams, 30% Shady, 20% Thompson, and, you know, throw it in a bag and mix it up week after week. Unless somebody goes down here, it, it's, it ain't going to happen anytime soon. Sure. And yeah. as long if Kansas City's winning, he's not. there's no reason to change. All right, moving on, Rick. So, fortunately, as a show, we are going to recover from your ridiculous ridiculous assertion a few weeks ago that Deontay Foreman was going to be the breakout running <laughs> you, back you just in cannot let football you, this year. You keep wanting to throw, you know, it, it, it's, on, it's on record. Right. The, you know, your that ridiculous that I told assertion. you, you were so off base and you go, in fact, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty close to it, and I am right on point, my friend. <laughs> I do believe those were your exact so, words. So after your ridiculous <laughs> assertion, I, my friend, have redeemed the show. Go back and listen last week at my prediction of what would happen with Carlos Hyde with the Houston Texans. Ends up being a trade, not a cut, but I'm going to take this one as a win. Carlos Hyde to the Texans. You heard it here first. That's all I wrote down. That's true. Not much value with Hyde, right? I don't think this affects Duke Johnson in the least. might be a benefit to him where they're not coming in expecting him to you know, be on the field for eighty yeah. percent of the of the snaps like he would have been otherwise. Former teammates on a much better team, right? And, and Hyde, since those few good years out in San Fran, he's just been kind of schlubbing along, and I, I expect more of that from him. Yeah, he's a schlubber. There's no doubt about. It. He reminds you so much production wise, maybe not in stature and, and running style so much, but yeah, Sean Green. Yeah, just kinda always around. Yeah, they keeps getting jobs. They hand the ball enough. three yards and a cloud right. of suck, man. Yeah. I mean it's just yeah. <laughs> Isaiah Crowell. Yeah, a lot I, of those guys that, that ran through Cleveland. So <laughs> like I said, if anything, you know, I didn't go hog wild as many did with Duke Johnson, you know, after the Lamar Miller in, injury. But if anything, this bolsters my view uh, of Duke Johnson. You've got a pro running back in there to spell him to where he can get uh, a more expanded role that he's been used to but not have to step into that primary number one back role that you worried about wearing him. I think it's a good thing for Duke Johnson and uh, probably better for his numbers as well. Uh, Vikings signed Josh Doxson after being cut from Washington. Jordan Reed still in concussion protocol, though seems unlikely he'll go in week one. And if you forgot what I said in last week's show, or if you missed last week's show, I will reiterate, stay away from Jordan yeah. Reed. Yeah, because I can't quit him. I have a hard time. but uh, You won't see him on the field. I'm telling you, it's a waste of a draft pick. Yeah, yeah, it hurts. A.J. Green's still in a walking boot. That's surprising. Most of the early reports were he's going to be back by week three. Fact that he's Who not- called that one? I tell you, you what, yeah, man, I tell you, there, he has had historic foot problems, and this is – this is bad. I think he could be descending like the Titanic. Yeah. I mean, boom, gone. Yeah, I have hopped all over. Not not that I broke any new ground here, yeah. but probably around higher than a lot of people. Tyler Boyd this year. I, I really think he takes that step forward. 
because doesn't it feel like A.J. Green's going to rush this thing back and it's just going to come and go all year? And I don't think he sees the field a whole a whole lot in 2019. Uh, anything else worth talking about? Robbie Anderson looking like he should be good to go in week one dealing with that calf. and Still then. gimping a little bit. Uh, Jared Goff, four-year extension with the Rams. They've locked him down. Um, Highest paid player. In the history of football, yeah. Jared Goff. Yep. It's amazing. It's just amazing for what the running backs have to go through it almost understandably. Just whoever the next quarterback is, it doesn't matter who it is. He's the highest played, paid player in the history well, of the league. Let's face it, Rick. If you're, if you're a team owner, and let's face it, you're looking at – I'm not looking at – any of these people as Ezekiel Elliott or Melvin Gordon or Jared Goff, I'm looking at them as an asset. Jared Goff's going to be an asset for another 10 years right. at least, right? Um, even if even if Elliott is, is a great back, what's he going to be good for the next four? Yeah, four or five years. Something yeah. like that. He's not going to see the end of the so, contract. I, I mean, that. I saw that on, on Twitter, and I, I forget who put it out there, you know, what do you think? Is Jared Goff worth whatever it was, $100 billion? I just wrote back, he is to the Rams. Yeah. As simple as that. It's the going rate, right? You're, right. I kind of get what the Rams are doing. Because honestly, I think it's crazy that Jared Goff is the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. That said, number one, that's just how these things work, right? You identify a guy as a franchise quarterback when his deal comes up. Right. This is what you have to do. Number two, moving into that new stadium next year. I think this is just really a getting all your ducks in a row. We're making that push. We're becoming the glamour team in the glamour city, although nobody in the glamour city gives a damn that that team's out there. I think that they're in the Super Bowl last year. They don't care. That's been made pretty clear. So I get you have to do it. I guess you don't end up regretting it with a quarterback. What I thought, the first thought that crossed my mind, I'm just petty like that, is just think if McVay hadn't ended up back there and Jeff Fisher had one more year, Jared Goff would be backing up Nick Foles in Jacksonville this year. If what he, a difference that If makes. he had one more year in Los Angeles under Fisher, he'd probably be in a hospital somewhere <laughs> or a wheelchair. Hey, because I, I don't know what would have happened with the Rams. I mean, we we made this point, or I made the point, we were talking about Nick Foles last week when we were talking about uh, our AFC predictions. You know, that's that's the narrative. Well, he's only had success playing for Philadelphia. Well, he only had one year away from Philadelphia with the Rams as a starter, and that was under the Jeff Fisher, and he had one year in Kansas City where he didn't start. So, yeah, that is a success is with Philadelphia, but so what? He won a Super Bowl and made another deep run in the playoffs. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not turning this into like a Nick Foles thing, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. McVay, look, they've got a good team. They're trying to lock down that quarterback. They've already got the running back. They've got a good O-line. O- Their defense is good. They've got receivers. I tell you, yeah. yeah. I mean, you make can go the push. Out, you can go out right now when you're trying to sell. I have to assume being in Los Angeles, being what that stadium is, the the worst seat in the house, the season ticket's going to be about $45,000 <laughs> per season. 
So you can now put on your mailers, right, long term, you got Jared Goff, you got Todd Gurley, you got Aaron Donald locked up. That's a pretty good threesome to put on the billboard, right, when you're trying to get people to sell their children in order to purchase a ticket to these games. So it makes sense. It's the way the league works. It's just that one one surprised me. That that one caught me. Because they didn't need to do it yet, right? This needed to be done in the offseason. It told me, all right, we know what the market is. It actually seems to be – operating wisely right look we know what the market is we could haggle back and forth till midsummer next year but just do it (laughs) just get it well to your point too why haggle because number one and they didn't have to do it now you're Right. right but the thing is if they waited another year or two the price only goes up because well, somebody that- else will sign then somebody else will sign and now it's jared goff's turn oh wow look well now he's going to be the third or fourth highest paid in another couple right. of years you so- imagine being dak prescott right now today watching what ezekiel elliott got out of jerry jones watching what jared goff signed and thinking yeah buddy oh, yeah. i'm next <laughs> and dallas has a cash they do i mean i saw um an article they've they've got cap room they've got cash oh he'll get paid dak prescott is just licking his chops you bet uh, the only other thing i have done i don't know is it even worth talking about the latest antonio brown nonsense saga it's just he's just a buffoon that, that wants attention doesn't want to follow rules and he's a horrible teammate i i just don't know what else to say about it. amazing talent but you know it, as I was telling you before we went on the air, I listened to a nice interview with Merrill Hodge on the radio, and he says it's just – he's an embarrassment is it, what it is. At this point, yeah, it's yeah. gotten there. It's I've always had a soft spot for the diva receiver, Rick. Right? I, I like Terrell Owens. I, I like Randy – could you call Randy Moss a diva? He was more – Somewhat. There was something off yeah. with. But those guys, they always made me laugh. I, I like that kind of stuff. Antonio Brown has taken it to yeah. such a level where – This isn't funny. This isn't, this isn't Muhammad Ali, like, look at right. me, and then – that's that's different, I guess. But Terrell Owens, yeah, Terrell Owens to a point was that way. But I don't know. I I don't know how yeah. to really even. It's clinical at this point. It is. There's something wrong with the man, and, and I honestly believed that. I mean, obviously, eventually he would burn that locker room to the ground. But I thought you were going to get one year of paid of happy Antonio Brown and it, it was, he was going to be good you know really good great maybe even you know I, I worried about the the situation but I but I think this thing could implode before Halloween at this point There's, I really did not have the feeling that you would even get one year of good behavior because of two things number one is he's rich beyond belief now right Okay, we're going to my second point. The comment he made about Ben Roethlisberger, (laughs) where we were never friends. Ben was nothing more than a means to an end. Right. Which means, okay, I'll be a good guy 
Till I get my contract. Till I get mine. Yeah, and it, it might be as simple as that. I mean, even looking at something stupid, as much as we mocked the helmet issue, anybody who tried to defend him said, well, you know, he... That's the way it is. <laughs> you hone your craft, and you're, you're right. used to wearing this, and if your vision changes... If you watched any of Hard Knocks, it was made perfectly clear to me, and maybe it should have been a couple episodes before. It was made perfectly clear to me watching that yeah, it was last night. Watching that last night, it was all about vanity. The only thing he didn't like about the new helmet was the way it looked. It's got that little fin on the back. Right. And then that was all it was about. So that's to the point where he's at, right? Yeah, it's he's not, like, it's like yeah, the, I'm afraid it's going to affect my performance. It was still stupid, but I guess you could get it, right? A guy, a quirky guy like that, you, one little thing, you knock it a quarter inch off, he can't handle it. Right. You know, pitchers are like that. Golfers are like that in a lot of cases, right? Everything's got to be just so. Right. It was all about the aesthetics of it. He thinks these new ones look bad, so, so he yeah, did all I, of that. And then he gets fined for not showing up over something that stupid. And what do you do? You post it on Instagram. Well, and, and, tell, and, and then telling the world that your own team wants to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> if no, that, they want it, you to live up to your contract. Exactly. That's all it is. He's, and the thing about the helmet just reminded me of the movie Reservoir Dogs. You know, they're going to pull the big heist, right. and they give everybody a code name, Mr. White, Mr. Green, Mr. Pink. Why do I have to be Mr. Pink? I don't want to be Mr. Pink. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, for why? Yeah, because I, I don't like it. I mean, I'm to the point, I'm ready to predict he walks away from this team before this season's over, and he doesn't wait till the last game of the year like he did to Pittsburgh last year. It's going to take, look, Derek Carr isn't Ben Roethlisberger. As much as Ben Roethlisberger isn't his friend and he's the worst oh, quarterback right. to ever play now and, and all the stuff he says, Derek Carr is going to have some struggles. And the first couple, first two game stretch where they don't even have the ability to get the ball to him because that offense isn't rolling like he thinks it's going to be. He's going to lose it. He's going to burn that locker room down. He's just flat going to walk away. It's, boy, you talk about toxic. And I am glad to say, I, I was looking back through it today, I have precisely zero. Antonio Brown shares across any league. I have avoided that man. I've got Antonio Brown, unfortunately, in the Scott Fishbowl. Of course, we drafted back in what June, yeah, whatever. Before all of this, here's um, I'm going to give you Oakland's schedule. Starting, you talk about you know this thing could tank early. Denver, they're they're at home at Denver, at home Kansas City. At Minnesota, at Indianapolis, at home Chicago, at Green Bay, at Houston. I mean, you could that's easily a, have a that's a bad stretch. Two, I think that was seven games. That could easily be a two and five. I think best case scenario with that team, that's a three and four start. That could be a one and six and, and two pick and the five. Three they're going to win against. Yeah, well, that's, that, just, that's you know, maybe Denver, maybe the Colts, uh, maybe Houston because you just never know what Houston team you're going to get. Yeah, but, but that's a brutal stretch. And that's the thing. If this thing doesn't start well, and Derek Carr looks yeah. like the Derek Carr of of last year and AB isn't getting his and you see he can't handle the the least bit of adversity or is unwilling to either he can't or he's unwilling to either one this thing's well he doesn't feel obligated to that's the real problem he just doesn't feel he's not in see he's not part of a team he's AB and AB don't like it AB's not hanging around simple as that he'll just turn and walk out the door all right. Well, that's all I have, Rick. It's time. I can't believe we get to finally do this already. Starts and sits for week one. 
of the NFL. God bless America, I tell you, Rick. I'll let you start. Well, I'll tell you what. I am going to make a general start. And then, you know, right off the bat, and this more specifically who I'm talking to right now. All right. Whatever defense special team is playing Miami Dolphins, (laughs) this week is Baltimore. (laughs) It's a must start. Yeah, you talk about a good uh, streaming option there. Right. the, the The Miami Dolphins. All right. Rick, my start of the week, and of course our starts are, you know, I'm not going to tell you to start Le'Veon Bell and start. Oh, exactly. You know, it's, I'm going to dig deep, try to find somebody, maybe a flex spot, or just maybe somebody you're on the on the fence about playing. So that's why, Rick, I'm going to go out on a bit of a ledge here right out the gate. We might as well do it. For everything we talked about early in this show, I am going to have Damian Williams as a start this week against Jacksonville. You drafted this guy as your low-end one, certainly your RB2. This may be your best chance to get any value from him. Look, LaShawn McCoy knows Andy Reid, but he just showed up in town, right? He, I think it's right. going to be pretty limited what you see out of LaShawn McCoy. Chiefs, warm weather earlier in the year, feeling themselves. Patrick Mahomes ready to be unleashed. They're Even against a good Jacksonville defense, they're going to score well into the 30s. Damian Williams gets plenty of that right out the gate. This may be the one week where you can pl- for where I could plug him in and say, "Yeah, I feel good about this one." So, we're going to get a lot of emails about Damian Williams as the year goes on. For me, this week the answer is Damian Williams. This is the best it's going to be. Yeah, I, I that's that's a good start. I'm going to throw one out here if you're looking for a, a deep flex play, something like that. Adam Humphreys, uh, Tennessee, at New Orleans. I have a feeling Tennessee is going to be having to throw the ball late, late in the game, obviously. Uh, look, he came off a 76-catch, 800-yard season last year. Uh, he traded to, New, or to Tennessee. I think he's going to turn into, I'm not going to say a real weapon, but I think a trusted Security black for Mariota. Oh, certainly you saw it. And it was it the first preseason game where he just went off and yeah. <laughs> everybody lost their mind. He had just solid, dependable. With a guy like Mariota who's still still struggling, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. So what I gave my running back. So my quarterback this week, again, as good as it gets, Rick, that Cardinals defense looks pathetic in, in every way. <laughs> Yeah, Peterson still suspended. All the issues going on there. Again, never a guy you really trust. But this week, as good as it's going to get, maybe if you have, and I'm jumping into my sits thing because I've got the two quarterbacks in this game. I'm going to go ahead and take a wait and see approach on Kyler Murray at this point. So if you've got Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford, but in in either way, Matt Stafford, I think, is in for a big, big week. It's always better early in the year for him before he gets nicked up, before he gets the hell beat out of him the whole season. And that Cardinals defense just looks pathetic, just, just absolutely pathetic. That whole team looks pathetic yeah. right now. Well, it really right. does. And it, it's sad in a way, but – I don't know. They kind of brought it on themselves, but um, yeah, I, I'm avoiding it. We have actually got a couple of cardinal questions in the mailbag, so we won't delve into that too much. Um, conversely, I am going to, you know what? I think um, 
Hmm. Let me check something real Ooh. quick here. I Rick may have Bridge just deep thought. All I may sudden. have written something down. You and he, may. Have. <laughs> well, no, I, I did. Now that I'm looking at the schedule, um, it's Tennessee is playing Cleveland. Oh, right. right. Which still makes Adam Humphreys a start, as far as I'm concerned. What did you say? New Orleans. Oh, yeah. I must have been looking at the preseason or something. But um, and as usual, I wasn't listening to anything you said. I was well, just think, thinking about the next bit of shtick I could throw out there. <laughs> exactly. But Adam Humphreys against Cleveland. I, I apologize there. And so now I lost my train of thought. We were talking about what were we talking about? Start, start yeah. somebody. Well, I tell you what, the worst the worst thing that I can say is when I start a guy on a team, it just sit somebody on the same team. But I tell you what, I would not risk my fantasy season opener with Marcus Mariota going against no. Cleveland. <laughs> Anybody uh, own Mariota? If you're not in a super flex, yeah. If you're if you're not in a super flex, man, he he shouldn't even be on a roster. And until he starts showing something, I wouldn't even put him on my bench. Last start for me, and this is one probably starting him flex wise anyhow. Although there's so many people out there that hate him. Perhaps he's not. So I don't know how much ground I'm breaking here, but I'm excited looking forward to Jarvis Landry this week versus yeah. the Titans, Rick. You bring OBJ in, everybody's expecting, oh, you got Baker, you got OBJ. Well, guess what? Tennessee's expecting that too. Tennessee can play defense. You know, Vrabel can coach defense. I just have a feeling if Cleveland's going to win this game, as I believe they're going to, I think, I'll have to go back and look at my picks that it could be Jarvis Landry kind of settling everything down. All the hype. is play, the, the team's going to be in a frenzy. And you got Landry just doing Landry things. Eight-yard catch, eight-yard catch. Eight-yard. This could be a seven, eight-catch type of performance for him, trying to force it to Odell and Tennessee just not letting it happen. A little bit overhyped, some overthrows from, from Baker Mayfield. This just feels like the kind of game where a guy like Landry's going to come in and calm it down, and he's going to be the linchpin for that offense, at least in week one. Yeah, I, that, I agree with you. And I, I failed to have a start at running back. You're probably starting him, but get Chris Carson in your lineup oh, against absolutely. the Bengals. I mean, to tell you, it's uh, you should be licking your chops against this Bengals defense because I don't think they're very good. Yeah, they uh, no no bueno at all. All right, Rick, let's go to sits. I'll tell you what, let's – Let's keep it organized this time around. Let's start at the quarterback. Let's go to the quarterback position. Who is Rick? I already did that with Marcus Mariota. And I did it with Kyler. I did it with Kyler Murray. We're very disjointed. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So uh, running backs. Who you sitting at running back? You know that that is the tough one because um, there's so much hype on. If if you pay attention to Twitter and everything, there's so many stories coming out there. Matt Breida is ahead of Tevin oh, Coleman. Right, right. Should I should I bench Tevin Coleman? Yada yada. Um, but if I'm going to sit somebody, because there's there's people out there that, that believe it, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to to caution anybody that thinks that Singletary is going to be a must start. Because he won the job in Buffalo. That's that's a good Go, one, right? Going up against New York Jets, uh, which is you know fairly stout defense, but it's probably going to be a low scoring affair. I can see Josh Allen running around and trying to get the wide receivers and everything involved. I, I'm not sure that, and with Frank Gore there, is going to get the goal line touches. I'm not sure until I see a few games 
from Singletary if I'm going to risk putting him in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. The, you, you're talking about an explosion, right, for, for Singletary after LaShawn McCoy got cut, and I think for good reason. But I agree with you 100% not yet, right? You're, you're walking in. He's a young guy, you know. Basically, they've—it's already been said coming out of Buffalo. That, Look, we're just anointing Singletary as the guy right away. You still got Frank Gore. You still got Yeldon. Josh Allen does plenty of running around. I think before this thing's all said and done, I think Singletary might be that guy. Those things don't often start in week one. I, I think he gets some early work. I think Yeldon gets some catches. And well, I think that, that's steady the, Eddie, old man Frank yeah. Gore, he, he's going to cut in. Yeah, you're going to have to let this thing shake out a little bit. I, I agree. It, early on in, in camp, Yeldon was getting cut. Blah, right. blah, blah. That's who I thought. I, I was stunned by McCoy. McCoy's gone. Yeldon's there. Gore's there. Okay, what's Frank Gore? He's your goal line guy. What's Yeldon there? He's a nice pass catching back out of the backfield, right? So that leaves Singletary with limited work between the 20s. Right, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to and I think anoint some, him as some starter on a fantasy squad. Yeah, and I think at some point he shows himself to – you never eliminate Frank Gore. Like, until they show me his body, I'm not going to believe that you take Frank Gore out. I think – Singletary can work his way into squeezing T.J. Yeldon kind of right. into the ether. Him I can see. Yeah, Frank isn't going away. His zombie corpse will be running <laughs> in the year 2040. I think yeah. he squeezes Yeldon out, but Yeldon, especially early on, going to get plenty of work. All right. For me, I don't know how many people, now that I look at this, are in a position to start him, but there's a lot of hype with all the work that Darius Geis got late in the preseason mm-hmm. with the Washington Redskins and Jay Gruden basically saying, throwing caution in the wind, that no, he's getting – it's so rare to get something definitive right from a coach who says, no, no, Adrian Geis is getting more work than Adrian Peterson. In fact, there were some reports coming out of Washington that, that they gave a lot of thought to cutting Adrian Peterson. That's how much they believe in Geis. He's kind of another wait and see, right? And I don't like the matchup. I think Darius Geis is going to be, maybe not in terms of production, but in terms of share of the workload, almost an Ezekiel Elliott type, where if he is healthy, you worry about that offensive line, I think, is what holds him down. But a really bad offensive line, a really bad football team, and going up against what I think is a really good front in Philadelphia, I think it's going to be a slow, slow start for Darius Geis. I don't know how many people are clamoring to start him this week. He kind of feels like that RB3 type. But if you were, take caution this week. I think there's plenty of opportunity for him to work himself into that, but I'm not ready yet. How about a wide receiver, Rick? Who you sitting? You know, this is the tough part when, when it gets down to, you know, wanting to sit a wide receiver because generally when you, when you draft them, you basically have in mind, you know, who's your wide receiver, one, two, three, if it's a three wide receiver league and, and so forth. But I, th- I think if I'm going to bench somebody of significance this week, I think it is going to be Robbie Anderson. He's nursing that calf. That Buffalo defense isn't the worst in the league by any stretch of imagination. And I think that Darnold and Anderson are going to be a pretty dynamic duo in 2019. I think since this is the, the first game of the year, if you have a better option – 
I'd throw caution. I wouldn't throw it to the wind. I'd put Anderson on the bench and not yeah. take a chance. Yeah, I, I because he, he, I just hope he's not going to rush it because it is the first game of the season and do something to that calf where all of a sudden now it's a five or six week thing. Yeah, here's one where I'm going to give some advice, but I'm not going to follow it, and none of you are. So it's more just to say, I think temper your expectations. My start, my sit this week, I'm sorry, at wide receiver is actually Josh Gordon in New England taking on the Steelers. It's kind of a late arrival to camp, you know, by all accounts, healthy, in shape, ready to go. But a late arrival hasn't had a whole heck of a lot of work. He's going to draw Joe Hayden, you know, now with those feeling good and those big fat pockets. And more than anything, and this is what you get at the asylum. Listen to any of those other shows if you want them to read your numbers. I have watched Tom Brady put the boots to the Pittsburgh Steelers so many times with somebody you had never heard of up until that point where the Steelers will game plan for Josh Gordon or game plan for Julian Edelman and kind of take those guys away. And I'm telling you, Gunnar Olszewski or whatever the hell his name is probably going to have 15 catches for 208 yards and two touchdowns. It's going to be somebody. It's going to be white. It's going to be somebody. I think Josh Gordon struggles, and Belichick and Brady just have a way. They do it to everybody, but specifically against Pittsburgh – of identifying some matchup with somebody you've never heard of. And I think Josh Gordon, I think you're looking at a – he might – if he finds the end zone, it ends up being a good day. But this feels like a three-catch for 40 yards type of of week for Josh Gordon. Okay. That's uh, some starts and sits. I like it. Moving on. So what do we – oh, we're going to pick games. Yes, indeed. Get that book. Did I have a sounder for pickets? I don't. We need to get one, don't we? We certainly do. We need to get something that sounds like gambling or yeah, something. Because I have a, I have a mailbag. When we get to the mailbag theme, I don't think we ever did have anything for the game. I am going to remedy that ahead of next week's episode. Well, let's. We'll just do. Oh, can't play that. Rick, turn that off. We got in trouble for that. YouTube flagged us last time. We ah, uh, well. <laughs> I won't tell if you won't. <laughs> I won't. All right. Get it's not booking. name that tune. That's a, two notes. That's <laughs> <laughs> I could name that tune. Yeah. All right. Game picks. Rick, get the bookie on the line. This year, a new, a new twist, a new wrinkle, if you will, here at the Asylum. Not only will we pick straight up, as we've always done, we're going to pick against the number as well. We'll keep track of it. Here's what will happen. Rick will get off to a big lead early in the year, and then I'll just lap him as the year goes on. <laughs> it's kind of like the Dante Foreman thing. It's the exact opposite of what happens. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> All right, tomorrow night, maybe tonight as you're listening to this, depending on what time it gets posted, the Green Bay Packers plus three head into Soldier Field and take on the Bears. Yeah, this is – it was a tough one. Um if you listen to shows before, I'm high on Chicago Bears. But division games, it doesn't matter who they're playing, especially where. these two. Yeah, especially these two, the 100th anniversary of the NFL, the oldest rivalry in football, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what it is. It's like 62-34 and whatever, something like that All right. in Green Bay's favor. Uh, Green Bay is getting three. I've got Chicago winning 30-24, to 24, so I'm going to take Chicago minus the three, and I'm going to take them straight up, obviously. 
Yeah, I, I, I think this one ends up being really close. And actually, I think it was a field goal game, but I didn't want on the first one out the gates to pick a push. That's kind of a punk move. <laughs> right. So I got the Bears covering here, 27-23. I'm taking a real wait and see with this Packers team. You know, the, the, this audible thing popped back up with your boy LeFleur again, and now Aaron Rodgers has free reign to, to make audibles, but mainly it seemed like just because LeFleur kept getting asked about it in press conference, did you see that little hissy fit he had yesterday over that? I just think, uh, what, Aaron Jones going to run the ball well against against that front? You know, after Adams, you know, there's all those 11 three-name guys <laughs> at receiver. Look, Aaron Rodgers is good enough to will that team to eight or nine wins. I just don't know if on the road in Chicago with a new coach in the first week's where they're going to do it. So the, I got the Bears here by four. And the funny thing is, I've paid attention. Obviously, we make predictions and so forth, and so do many of these other experts out there. I have seen Chicago taking the division. I have seen Minnesota taking the division. I have seen Green Bay taking the division. About the only one nobody really yeah, has We can agree Detroit's in, not going to win the division. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. Yeah, the Detroit's not going <laughs> yeah. to win the division. But Write that down. You that, heard it here on the asylum. The consensus is though, and I and we're right there. It's it's the most it's the most talented and powerful division in oh, football. Absolutely, and nobody really can shake out these three. They're they're afraid to go hard against the Packers or to to really bolster the Bears because of the Packers. And of course, Minnesota is that team in there. They. Certainly have the talent. They should win. If Kirk Cousins right. had the ability to beat a team above five hundred, right, this would be Minnesota lapping the field. But it, it is that, right? right? Kirk Cousins, great, great fantasy quarterback. It's just he, yeah, and when what, he's got to have it. He he has. It's going to be it. tough. Uh, does he take that step? If he does, Minnesota wins the division oh, easily. If Trubisky takes it, that's Chicago's the, right there. That's always what has been Green Bay's. Advantage is Aaron Rodgers was right. always so much better than everybody exactly. else quarterback wise. I think he still is. But, I do too. But yeah. if they take a step closer to him, right. there's not nearly as much talent save Devontae Adams around him. No, if Trubisky takes the step forward that I've kind of predicted he would have early on in the in the preseason, I, I've kind of cooled on that <laughs> as it's gone and reports have come out of Chicago. If he takes that step, look out. You know, then your prediction of Chicago playing in the Super Bowl, I think, is almost a certainty. It all comes down, and I know that's brilliant analysis, right? Well, if the quarterback plays well, the team will play well. So write that down. You heard it here on the <laughs> Asylum. All right, moving on, Rick, a game. Uh, you, you wanted to put the Saints in. Unfortunately, they will not be in Cleveland. <laughs> no. It's the Titans head into Cleveland catching five and a half. Well, actually, I had Tennessee heading to New Orleans. So oh, that, is that, that what it was? Yeah. I can't keep track. The yeah. travel schedule is going to be hell if you were in charge. You got that right. They don't even know where they're Three playing. Three teams in New Orleans and nobody in Cleveland. Look, I, I don't know. I think Cleveland's going to be a good team this year. But I'm not sold totally on those on them being a big winner. But yeah, I predicted predicted them at nine and seven, and this is one of the W's. I don't think Tennessee is that good. I like Cleveland. And what was the line? Five and a half. Okay, they're um they're minus five and a half, and I again have them covering. I have them winning twenty eight twenty. I'm getting right at it this year, Rick. All the off season hype. 
all the excitement. The, the preseason games in Cleveland look like playoff games anywhere else. That team is so excited. Baker Mayfield, you bring in Odell. The running game is great. The defense looks amazing. But doesn't this just feel like the time where that franchise and that town just throws up all over themselves? First upset pick of the year, Rick. Titans win and cover. Titans win 23-21. <laughs> no business beating them. Cleveland just, they, they can't stand success. They can't have it. All that excitement, I think that balloon gets deflated real early on. All right. All right. Rick, Ravens laying seven at Miami. <laughs> Talk about the easiest money on the board. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, we're either going to just be laughing at because we got one right or we're going to have egg all over our face. I have Baltimore winning 37-10, so they cover easily. Yeah, yeah, we're there. This is, with Miami, the most earnest attempt at tanking I've ever seen an NFL team take. You see this in the NBA all the time. I, I feel like you've seen it in hockey. You saw it with, with the Astros tearing down to rebuild right. in baseball. I have never seen to this level what Miami's done. Just in the last week, what Miami has done to make right. sure they don't win a game in 2019. I think Baltimore will be happy to oblige. They win 34-13. And it makes you feel sorry for Josh Rosen, doesn't it? Oh, it's like, my. oh boy, you know, too bad he was on the Cardinals, you know, because this guy's pretty good. <laughs> He goes to Miami. Okay, by the way, Josh, we're yeah, now they're tanking for Tua. <laughs> Where are they going to trade the poor guy next? Right. Good Lord. All right, what we got next here, Rick? Ah, we talked about them earlier. The Falcons catching four at Minnesota. Catching four. That is um, interesting because I have Minnesota winning this game, thirty to twenty-seven. So I'm taking Minnesota to win outright, but uh, they won't cover. So I'm taking Atlanta plus the four. We're starting out where we're two idiots with one brain again. In fact, I have the same thing. Vikings win, Falcons cover. I got the Vikings 29-26, and it was, should have been 30-27, but you know i got to make the numbers stupid. Right? Well, yeah, <laughs> kinda, obviously, yeah. Kind of my thing what I do, yeah. Look, it's this is what it comes down to, right? Again, Kirk Cousins against a good team. I think he struggles a little bit. So I, I think this may be the game game of the week. I, I really do. This and is certainly I, in the 1 o'clock. So. I will be honest with you, if Atlanta wins 31-24, no. it's not going to surprise no, me. I no, mean, by yeah. any yeah, stretch. This, this one, I'm, I'm surprised the number was where it's at. I, I have a feeling that may move. Some money comes in on Atlanta catching that much. All right, Rick, the Bills getting three, heading to New York, taking on the Jets. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm not that high on e- either one of these teams, but I'm not that low on them. I think they both have decent enough defenses. I think New York has a little better offense. I'm going New York 24, Buffalo 20. Again, I have the Jets winning outright. and Oh, and actually covering this one, yeah, because they're only getting three. So That's I am right. going with the Jets, and I'm going to have them cover the three. Yeah, I think – you know, kind of the opposite. He keeps getting lumped into with Antonio Brown, that being Le'Veon Bell, you know, kind of being the way they both left Pittsburgh. I like the hunger you're seeing from Le'Veon Bell, already politicking his coach. Yeah, look, don't don't put the governor on me. I've had plenty of time off. I'm ramped up. I'm ready to go. I don't like Robbie Anderson being nicked up. Right. They, they got plenty of weapons up there in New York. I think, again, I've talked about it before. I like sort of that steady progression we saw out of Sam Darnold last year, and I think you see that continue. 
I don't buy the Josh Allen hype. I, I don't buy you – know, Buffalo plays a pretty good brand of defense, still in good shape in the running game. I, I think they've done, done a lot to improve that team. I think they're still a little ways away. I think you see this team improve as the year goes on, but I don't see Buffalo coming out the gates, going on the road, and even keeping it all that close. I've got the Jets 24, as you do, but i got the Bills at 17, so close enough winning and covering there. Uh, the biggest uh, biggest uh, margin on the board, Rick, is the Redskins getting 9.5 heading into Philadelphia. Well, i tell you what, I, I'm – I think they're going to need more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I think Philadelphia's a much better team. Um, yeah, Geis is good, but I just there's just not much to like on Washington right now. And I have Philadelphia 34, Washington 17. Yeah, look, Washington's going to be abhorrent this year. <laughs> they're just going to be awful. I'm just struck by a division game. I almost rigged the number for me to get Washington to cover. Just a division opponent catching that big of a number, just I, I can't I can't abide by it. So I honestly don't know how this happens. I got the Eagles winning this thing outright, but I'll, I'll take 27-20. I'll have Washington covering. Nine and a half is just such a big number, especially against a division rival. I think you're probably right. I just didn't have the guts as a gambler to pull the trigger on that. I'd probably avoid this one, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I was would putting too. Up real money. All right, Rick. The Ram. This is a game to look forward to. The Rams laying two and a half on the road in Carolina. I like the Rams. I'm not convinced that um, Cam Newton is as healthy as as they're saying. It's a brutal defense, and it ought to be a good game. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of offensive firepower on both sides. I think the Rams' defense are a little better. I'm going Rams 28, Carolina 21, so I have them winning and covering. Yeah, yeah. I think, boy, for a team like Carolina, who you think is going to be respectable anyhow, catching points at home is normally something I want to hop all over. I just think, boy, Cam Newton – he can't be 100%. I think he's good at, obviously good enough to go. I'm not sure he's 100%. If you're not 100% getting chased around by a refreshed and ready-to-go, being caged up for nine months, Aaron Donald just is no, no bueno. I think this, this one's good for a while, and then the Rams run away with it, so they win in cover 33-24. to 24. Write that one down. Wow, okay. All right, the Chiefs. Here's another uh, another road favorite, Rick. The Chiefs left. Laying four heading into your your Super Bowl champion Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> Nick Foles MVP Jacksonville <laughs> Jacksonville Super Bowl. Jags. They're getting four at home. I tell you what, uh, I've got Kansas. I think this is going to be a very good game. I think Jacksonville is re- really going to stifle them off up front to start with. I like Kansas City. I got Kansas City 27, Jacksonville 22. So I've got Kansas City winning outright and covering the four. Well, you were right about the end of that. Everything you said before that was nonsense. This is a bloodbath, absolute bloodbath. Nick Foles, welcome back to anywhere but Philadelphia. Welcome to this group of rumdums you're surrounded by in Jacksonville. Chiefs 37, Jaguars 13. All right, Rick. <laughs> when are the two of you going to grow up? I mean, this shtick was cute for a while, but it's gotten stale. 
Ajayi. <laughs> There's the last word. Right? <laughs> getting back, getting that back dusted out for next week. All right, this is a pretty big number. I'm curious what this was before the Andrew Luck news. Is the Colts <laughs> head to L.A. take on the Chargers catching six and a half? Isn't that something? You know, these these points, I mean, I can see where um, the house always wins. I mean, these guys are sharp oh, when they're yeah. laying these points. There's no doubt about that. I don't feel good about this, but I just think the Chargers are a better team. I like Jacoby Brissett. Obviously, the Colts do, too. They locked him down. We failed to talk about that. Um, they're not letting him get away, at least for a couple of years. Right. And um, but I I like the Chargers whether or not Melvin Gordon's there or not. I'm going uh, L.A. 26, Indianapolis 18. I've got them laying the six and a half and covering. All right. Well, yeah, I, I'm excited to see. Curious to see what this running game does look like in L.A. This, this, this is the part I'm looking forward to watching. Look, we know who Philip Rivers is. Keenan Allen's healthy. You know what they have there. I. I like, Connor Henry's back. I like Mike Williams taking that jump. That that team, I believe I had the win in the Super Bowl this year. I don't believe yeah. I did. I did have <laughs> I predict that I don't in know, the Super gee. Bowl. <laughs> Let's guess. You know, the the Colts, here, here's how I feel about this game. Here's how it plays out again, where I take all the numbers out of it and, and just sort of roll with it. I feel like this Colts team comes out like a house of fire. You want to talk about something to rally around, something to rally the troops you know, this can go one of two ways. They completely fall apart or or they sort of rally together and really make a run at it. I feel like for three and a half quarters, they do this in L.A. I, I think if this game was being played in week five and that number was the same, I'd be with you. Chargers, I'm laying the wood. Chargers are just that much better of a football team. I just think there's a little something early on. I think the Chargers are too good in the end, so I've got the Chargers winning this game, but I got the Colts covering Chargers 27, Colts 21. First couple weeks are always the worst. There's no doubt about that. We'll both be 500 or a game under. I don't know why we're bothering here. (laughs) All right, well, this number shows up again, Rick. I'm surprised. The Bengals plus 9.5 at Seattle. Yeah, that is um, a lot of points, and and I really, as I go through my picks, I'm not real thrilled about it because I got everybody covering. You do, yeah, and, and, and you're I've got just laying the wood everywhere. You don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got Seattle 33, Cincinnati 17. I just don't think Cincinnati has the horses to run with these guys, and with the moves they made on defense. That front seven of Seattle. Oh, terrifying. Stop Joe Mixon. Bring it on, Red Rocket. Yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, I just don't think they can. I, I have Seattle destroying them. Yeah, I've obviously got Seattle winning this game. I don't have the Bengals winning many games, and on the road in Seattle sure ain't going to be one of them. That being said, I don't know if this is me trying to talk myself into it because, once again, like I said, with Washington, where that big of a number scares me off. Nine and a half is a lot to – a lot of a points. whole lot to lay. Here's the thing. Here's my problem. I know they're going to shut Cincinnati down, by and large. We have seen historically, and they have less, at least, name-brand talent on offense now. takes Russell Wilson a month or so to get rolling. It takes this offense a while to get rolling. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think, obviously, defense wins out. Seattle wins this game. But they struggle offensively, even against a bad defense. Seattle wins. Bengals cover 20-14. to All right. All right. This is a game, boy, you used to look forward to. It looks a little less exciting this year as the Giants catch seven heading into Dallas. Yeah, it's – 
I would have had that. To me, it was a it was a no brainer to take the seven with New York before the Zeke signing. Right. Just because. Yeah. He's that much of a difference. I changed it after that <laughs> again. I've got another cover. I've got Dallas twenty seven, the Giants seventeen. I think Zeke makes all the difference in the world. I think it's going to make Zach feel that much better that he's that um, I don't have to do quite as much. Look, I mean, the Giants have Barkley and so forth. I don't know what's going to happen with the Giant team, but I know Barkley is still going to be a force to be reckoned oh, with. Absolutely. Seven's a lot of points in one of these division games, but I'm going, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going Dallas 27, the Giants 17. As I was sitting around preparing for this show, I was trying to come up with a scenario where I could, in good conscience, sit in front of this microphone into our dozens and dozens of listeners and, and tell them, Eli, two-time Super Bowl champion, he's got pride, he's shorthanded, they, they gave Odell Beckham away, Golden Tate has been you know ridiculously suspended for, for absolutely nothing. Everybody's mocking them. After everybody mocks the draft pick, now they mock the Giants for starting right. Eli over the draft pick that they suddenly all love, that he rallies the troops, that he pulls them together, that they go into Dallas, their bitter, hated rival, and hand it to them. But then I came back to the Giants stink. <laughs> they just they stink. They're awful. Eli, they got nothing. It's awful. Bloodbath. Cowboys cover 30-17. to 17. All right. All right. Detroit laying two and a half. I don't know how often this year you're going to see Detroit as a road favorite laying two and a half at Arizona. And again, I have yet another cover. I, this is just terrible, <laughs> right, this week. I don't think you've picked anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have one game where they didn't, and that's it. But I, I have Detroit twenty four, Arizona thirteen. I, I I have to see something from Murray in this offense, and that as Arizona Cardinal defense can stop somebody before I'm really going to even, unless they're playing Miami, before I'm even considering them as a competitive team. Yeah, yeah. I think the defense is so bad in Arizona. If this game was being played in six weeks, I might feel different about it. I do think everybody needs to pump the brakes on Kyler Murray, and we've talked about that a lot. But I think with his running ability, those things tend to work, especially early on. I think after a while when he finds his legs, you know, you look at Larry Fitzgerald, you look at Christian Kirk, you look at David Johnson. They have some weapons on offense. I think they could be successful offensively. The defense is just so bad, and worse now with with the suspensions. So you look at all that and you think, all right, you got Matt Stafford, you got Galladay, you've got Carry on Johnson. Boy, Detroit's just going to go in there against that bad defense and, and tear it up. And every time you say that about Detroit, they disappoint and throw exactly. up all over their shoes. Yep. So they're going to win this game. They're going to cover, but it's going to be ugly. I've got Detroit 19, <laughs> the Cardinals 9. That's where I have <laughs> yeah. it. This one's going to be about unwatchable. I love it. All right, Rick, we get to do it the old way here. Is San Francisco at Tampa Bay. This one is even. Wow. that's uh, I don't have to worry about covering – I just think San Francisco is a little better team. Uh, Garoppolo's back. Uh, the backfield is still kind of a mess, um, but I think it's deep. And whether you know, fantasy aside, I think they got a pretty good combination with Breida and Coleman. And um, 
you know, Garoppolo has Kittle. He's got he's got some receivers that are I can't say that are proven stars, but I mean, you know, Pettis and Goodwin, I think they're more than adequate. Right. And and I think you're gonna see at least one of them emerge. And um, I think their defense is a lot better. So I'm going San Francisco 34, Tampa Bay 27. Yeah, I'm not sure about in terms of quality of play, but this might be the most fun game on the board. Oh, yeah. I think it's very unpredictable, but two two offenses of pr- capable of producing at a high level. I think, you know, you look at Tampa Bay, you got to find five or six wins for them somewhere. I think early in the year with a healthy, happy Jameis Winston – at home, I think I'm going to pick this spot. But this one really is a pick em. I agree with Vegas on this one 100%. I'm going to take the Bucks at home 34-31. I think it might, it's not going to be a good game. It's going to be an entertaining game. That's what you like. All right, Sunday night, Rick. The Steelers catching five and a half in Foxborough. i tell you what. I'm high on Pittsburgh this year. I think there's just a different feel for that team. And... Yeah, does Belichick have Tomlin's number? You bet he does. There's no doubt about that. But you know what? We see that all the time in the playoffs. We see Pittsburgh beating New England sometimes in the regular season. Right. And there's just a lot of of ifs going into New England. Gronk's gone. You know, is Brady going to start to decline? Yada, yada. You know, Josh Gordon, is he going to keep his head straight and so forth? I'm going Pittsburgh in a close one, 30-28. to 28. So uh, I'm taking the points and I'm taking the Steelers. Yeah. When I look at this game, I think back to that game in December last year and the way it felt. I was in the stadium for that one. The way it felt as as a fan base the weight lifted off the shoulder and the way a playoff atmosphere and a, and a playoff, it felt like a playoff win, you know, and you could see it in the team, right? The, right. the, the uh, excitement to finally slay in the dragon because it had been so long, you know, uh, up to that point. And you think, you know, I do, you know, with, you know, the addition, addition by subtraction, we've talked about all that. I think the Steelers are a much better team. I think Devin Bush, even though he's listed as a backup on the depth chart, uh, that'll he's last, a play, a, that'll last a play and a half. You know, sort of what he can do, you know, the, the weakness now the Patriots have at the tight end position, which certainly right. hasn't been the case otherwise. I think Steelers feel like for the first time in a long time they can go into Foxborough and win this game. And let's not forget they won that other game with Jesse James catch as well right, yeah. that was called back. Yeah. So I mean they've they've developed, you know, more of a winning strategy, so yeah. I should say in the last couple of games. That being said, but and what do they yeah. say? Everything before but is BS, right? right? That Jesse James game, the game last December, we're in Heinz Field. I don't believe, and you can prove me wrong, but I'm pretty sure Mike Tomlin and or Ben Roethlisberger have not, with a Tom Brady-led Patriots team, gone into New England and won. I think five <laughs> and a half is, is crazy. You know, I, I get it based on past performance. They always get down by 10 early and stay right in that 10 range. I think that's where this number comes from. I think the Steelers lead a lot of this game. The Steelers stay right in this game. But somehow, Belichick and Brady find one more way or Tomlin makes one more st- 
stupid decision as he tends to do trying to outthink Bill Belichick. So the Patriots win 31-30. So Steelers cover, Patriots win. There you go. All right. Monday night football, Rick, if I could turn the page here as I don't remember. The Houston Texans getting seven heading to New Orleans. Not Tennessee, Rick. The Texans heading to New Orleans. I want to make sure you know we're talking about the Houston Texans, I'm glad, not the Tennessee Titans. I'm, I'm glad you told me that. But um, I, I'm taking New Orleans. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. New Orleans does not like to lose in New Orleans. I'm going to Saints 28. I'm going to Houston 26. So the Saints win, Ooh, but Houston Texans, covers. Texans cover. Wow. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Uh, Houston, I think, I have them winning that division almost by default with Andrew Luck stepping aside. New Orleans, you want to talk about a team, a fan base, a city ready to explode after the way it ended for them last year. I think the Houston Texans pay the price in week one for that ridiculous no-call in the NFC Championship game. I think they get one late to keep it somewhat close, but the Saints winning cover 27-17 in a game I personally guarantee Rick Briggs sees not one second of because of what time it's going to start. The Broncos are even heading to Oakland for the late game on Monday night. That is the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> and, and you know I'll be drinking coffee and staying awake to watch that game. I, that's a damn lie. And what, what, what was the line it's on even. that one you said? It, it is even, okay. Um, I'm going Denver and a squeaker. I, I've got them uh, 27-24. It's a division game. Look, we, we love to mock Oakland. I don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody wants them to be uh, with the Antonio Brown shtick and everything going on. And Denver, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a believer in Joe Flacco either. So it's, it's going to be a tough one. I, I think uh, Denver's a little more talented on defense. I'm, I'm taking them 27-24. Yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to, right? It, it's, it's, it just feels like this thing's already – ready to implode in Oakland, and I think this is a good place for it to start. I think it's a close game. This second Monday night game is never good. It's always ugly for some reason, probably because it always involves Oakland. So I expect that to continue. I think the Broncos find a way, but a very uninspiring game. I got the Broncos 24-18. to All right. All right. You know what it's time for now, Richard. <laughs> It is the mailbag time. You've got mail. Asylumfootball at gmail.com, at asylumfootball on Twitter, or if you know me personally, you can just text me as uh, one, two, three people did this afternoon, so we'll work those in. But, Rick, let's go to the paying customers first. You got it. We have one here from Bryce is his name, and um, – I'm nervous about my flex spot in a PPR. Who would you start? Balage, Penny, or Sanu? Ooh. (laughs) 16-team league? Good Lord. Not much to choose from there, Bryce. Looks Uh, like Drake's going to go. I think you need to start listening to the Asylum to get draft strategies down a little ahead of time. I suppose this is Penny, right? I mean, as much as I love Carson, I think he, he gets plenty of work. 
Sanu. Sanu, you're kind of waiting around for a touchdown. Blige is definitely out. Um, I guess it's Penny. If it's PPR, I could see where you could make a case for Sanu, but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to start Penny because I I don't think it's going to be all the Chris Carson show. No. And if they get up big – like I think they just might. I mean, a little, you know, opposite of what you're thinking. Penny will definitely get some work. You know, and let's not forget. I just don't think he's going to be that successful at it. Chris Carson's a guy I'm high on. You mentioned him earlier. Oh, no a guy doubt. we're both high on. A guy who's gain, gaining steam the way he finished the year. Let's not forget the high draft pick the Seahawks used on Penny. I think they want him to work out. He's going to be given opportunities and playing against the Bengals is a pretty good opportunity, right? So I don't like any of those, you know, Sanu might be the safest play, you know, he's going to catch a couple of balls. He's not going to give you the donut, but I think you're higher upside there. And if those those are your options, it's Penny. I'm not going to question myself. It's Rashad Penny. Yeah, okay. Hey, before we move on to the mailbag record, one thing we did forget to mention because it just happened today, Tennessee put Ryan Suck up on the IR, picked up uh, Santos. So uh, if you're not aware of that, I mean, Suck Up's always been a nice little kicker to have if you're in a kicker league and so forth to have. So uh, just bear that in mind. All right. Okay, this one here is from Paul. Paul. Hello, Paul. It's pretty um, straightforward. Latavius Murray or Tevin Coleman? That's a tough one. This early on, I'm going to have to see what Murray's usage is right. in New Orleans. It, we, it's easy to assume it's going to be that Mark Ingram usage where they were both standalone running backs. I'm going to I'm gonna play it safe in week one. I'm going to see it to believe it. Look, I know Breida's listed as the one there in San Francisco. I think Coleman's the guy. I think it's a... 65, 35, this is based on nothing, just gut feeling and Shanny and him coming over from Atlanta and being in that system. I think they're excited about Coleman. I think the safe play here is Coleman. I think down the road, I could be proven wrong right away, and if Murray gets that Ingram workload, I apologize, but I'm going to have to see it one time in live action. Yeah, and everything that I've seen about this this uh, breed of Coleman thing, I mean, even like you know, guys like Evan Silva and them, there's just everything that they've – heard talking to everybody else, you know, throw that little roster out the right. window. Coleman's going to get the majority of the work, right? Yeah. you know, until further notice. So, um, yeah, I think Coleman is, is the safe play until you get a um, – yeah, a little bit of a meter. If he's going to step in as the Ingram yeah, if he of gets, New Orleans, if he gets Ingram's work, he outperforms Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know that that's going to happen yet. Exactly. Okay, we have one from, uh, and here's one of the the quarterback questions from uh, Jamal. Should I start Jameis Winston or Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, playing against playing each, each other. other. <sighs> Jameis is a safer play. Garoppolo. Sat out an entire year, looked real bad early on in the preseason. Going to take him a little while to get his sea legs. I, boy, it sounds dumb to say, but I think Jameis Winston's the safest, safer play there. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say, to be honest with you. I have San Francisco winning, scoring a lot of points. They're not going to just run it down Tampa's throat. Um, they could. Well, it's possible they could. Um, I don't know if they want to, but they could. Winston can probably get more with his legs as well. Uh, I'm just really risk averse in week one. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would go with Winston, too. I, I think that's a safe play. I mean, if you have those two guys, we know you waited till late in, in your drafts to take quarterbacks. I'm certain you took Jameis Winston before, so you, that's always the fallback, right? We can always right. fall back on that. Draft plus start your starters. You drafted them as a starter, although you probably drafted them consecutively in rounds 15 and 16, <laughs> but I stand behind it. All right. Okay, Tracy says that uh, I need one wide receiver and one flex in PPR. So get your little Ooh. pencil Yeah, out. this is the first time I've had to go to the pencil. Yeah, right. one wide receiver wide, and one flex. Wide receiver, flex. You and it is PPR. P- yes, it's PPR. All right. James White. Okay. Anthony Miller. Okay. John Brown. Frank Gore. Michael Gallup. Gore and Gallup. All right. Well, White's a no-brainer. So I guess he fills the flex because I'm taking a wide receiver, right? Everybody yeah. else is wide. So that eliminates Gore. White, I think he's the guy, the X factor, when New England ultimately beats the Steelers. He's the X factor. <laughs> Again. He's the tight end. <laughs> he, he's that guy. So James White, lock him down. So this comes down to Anthony Miller, John Brown, Gallup. Eh, Brown I'm not interested in. This comes down to Miller, Gallup. Eh, week one. You know what? Give me the rook. Give, give me Anthony Miller here. I think Gallup, boy, they, they boy, don't they have equal ceilings, I think, in week one. Yeah, they're both number twos. I on. like the rook, and I want a guy playing Thursday night. I want him a little more root and interest. Give, give me White and Miller. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly White is the no-brainer. And once again, that's the order you drafted them in. So. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I – Go with Miller. I love Miller. I've got stock in Miller in quite everywhere. a few. Yeah, so I'm going Miller as well. Okay, do we have the old uh, tear it down sound effect? Ooh, uh, already. Let's see where to go. No, we got a trade off. Blow it up. Yeah, man. Okay, <laughs> Mikel wants to know. There's a trade off. Mikel, really? Mikel, Mikel. His name's Michael, and he's just being cute. M I K A A L. I don't know. M I K A A L. That's yeah. not a word. Listen, Mike. <laughs> that your name's not a word. Enough. Why do I do that? Then he's never I, gonna write in again. I don't know why we, you do we've this. talked about this a lot. I mean, you do have editing ability at least. You I mean you have no editing skills on your mouth. I mean at least you have it on the computer. Yeah, but I'm not gonna do No, it. that takes too much time. It's a terrible name. Mike. Go by Mike. All right, Mike, what do you How about got? Mick? Yeah, you know, like Mick Dundee. I like Mick. Yeah, yeah. Mick's cool. All yeah. right. All okay, right, we Mick, have a trade offer. Trade offer in PPR. All right. I get Cohen and Tyler Boyd. Okay, I like getting that. I give Derek Henry and Muhammad Sanu. Oh, my God. My other running backs are Cook, Lindsey, Freeman, Royce Freeman. And my other wide receivers are Allen Robinson. Robert Woods, James Washington, and Sterling Sharp. Um, you mean Shepard? Oh, yeah, Shepard. I'm sorry. What, Sterling I'm, Sharp, I'm sorry. you went in a way back. <laughs> yeah, he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, Sterling Robinson, Shepard. Woods, Shepard. See, I've, I've got to quit doing that. See, my I'm like you. I, I, I get... I'm reading something, but I'm thinking about the answer, and it's like, Just okay. The, the next shtick. That's exactly. what we do. Well, Robinson, I mean, Wood, Shepard, who are the other receivers? I don't think it matters. Washington and, and um, Shepard. Okay. R- yeah, Robinson, Woods, Washington, and Shepard. 
Um, he gets Cohen. Okay, Boyd is is head and shoulders over Sanu. Henry, you may be uh, you may be losing a little bit of something, but you're getting Cohen in return, and you still have Cook and Lindsay. Um, Woods Robinson. Well, I tell you what, that would you know, depending on how many you start. I wish he had told us if it was two or three wide receiver starting. Yeah, I mean, you upgrade from Sterling Sharp, as you said, well, to no. to Tyler Boyd in either your flex <laughs> or your Sharp. or your wide receiver three. I think I make this move here. I, Derek Henry, I, I'm not willing to buy it just yet. So if I got to go in there, cook, and then stream Lindsey Lindsey Cohen based on the matchups, how all that shakes out, I'm happy to do that. I'll make this deal just to get Tyler Boyd. I think the AJ Green thing we talked about at the top of the show, I think extends out. If I can get Tyler Boyd, and all I have to give up is essentially Derek Henry, I make that move. Yeah, I'm. I look. the The only way we're going to be wrong on this is if Derrick Henry freight trains like he did the last two or three games of the year all year long. Yeah, and that's the thing. He can't. Right. He won't. He refuses to. I I agree. And and look, you have uh, Cohen and you have Lindsey plus Royce Freeman. In case one of those two gets hurt, right. I mean, you, you should be fine. Yeah, you're, you're covered there. To get Boyd, to put Tyler Boyd in a flex or put him in a wide receiver three position based on where you started, I, that's a, I think we actually thought about it too much. That's a no-brainer. Right. Okay, here's a normal name, Randy. Randy, that's, that's my guy, Randy. Flex spot question. All righty. This is a half-point PPR. Shady McCoy, Devontae Parker. Paul Richardson or Mike Williams? Well, you can throw out Richardson and Parker in my book. Um, now, it's it's half-point PPR. So you can throw McCoy out in my it's book. It's got to be Mike Williams almost hand down. Yeah, yeah. You could, I think, make an argument for Paul Richardson just in as much as garbage time, maybe. And there is no other wide receiver of note, at least name recognition in Washington, but therein lies the rub. He's in Washington. Yeah, this is Mike Williams. I didn't even all that close. Okay. You won't like this one either. Oh, another stupid name? <laughs> no, it's not a stupid name. This is 2019. Everybody's not Bob oh, and Rick and now, Steve. Now Rick Briggs is the one who's with it. Is that what you're trying uh, to tell me? Cooling with it, man. Cooling with it. I just answered my own question. I have a... Uh, cooling with well, it. Well, it's just say. like a little um, private joke that I have with my oldest daughter. When she was younger, she she used to read a lot. She's much more intelligent than her old man. That's a low and, threshold, though, <laughs> that's to be true. fair. But, you know, she had some one of these, you know, young girl books on how, whatever, the, the story's always the same. Like, little Susie wants to be in, you know, this group, and she wants to be, you know, with the other girls. And oh, everything. Okay. And that, that was yeah. the whole thing, All you right. know. And in the, the back um, sleeve, it said, Will, whatever her name was, Susie, you know, be outcast from the group? Or will she be accepted and be cooling with it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, anyway. Cooling with it. Yeah, cooling yeah. with it. This is uh, from Stefan. No, it's not. It's from Steve. Stefan. 
S-T-E-P-H-O-N. I don't know how to, you know, if, if I'm mispronouncing, no, I apologize. No, no, you're pronouncing it right, but he should be going by Steve. How do you know it's not a, a female? It what, goes by Steph. What female would be named Stefan? That'd be even dumber than a man being named Stefan. Okay. Unless it's Diggs. I'm into him. Well, there you go. See? Maybe it's Stefan Diggs. Maybe it is. If he's, it is, I apologize. If it a, isn't, go by Steve. He's an asylumite. You know that. Well, who isn't? Yeah. Okay. Kyler Murray or Eli. I was all in on Murray. Now I am second-guessing my choice. It is a two-quarterback league, and I already have Breeze. Oh, okay. Okay, because I was going to say it was going to be, and I think it still is easy. It was going to be easy, Kyler Murray, because, hey, you went all in on him. If your backup is Eli, you got to stick with it. Being in a two-quarterback league, being that you have a legitimate one story, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray here on the off chance he's Cam Newton and is going to set the world on fire in week one. Right. You know, if this was your – Of course, Eli will light the Cowboys up for about 325 could and three be. touchdowns. I mean, he's certainly <laughs> probably, in reality, more likely to do it. But being your second quarterback, I think you – well, the, the, here's what we know. The ceiling is way higher on Kyler Murray, right? The floor oh, exactly. Maybe it, even or lower. Eli then, might end up outperforming him, but in this scenario, play Kyler. Don't don't panic just yet. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think this is – and all the talk coming out of Arizona, they can't wait to cut loose with this offense. Right. They showed nobody anything during the preseason, blah, blah, blah. Um, it will be interesting to see what they have. I, I'm not – all in on a 5'10 quarterback in this league anymore. Yeah. I mean, look, Fran Targenton was six foot tall, <laughs> and we thought he was little 45 years ago. Right. But I go back. Here's my hesitation with Kyler Murray in, in going all in on fading him as I want to do. Let's take you in the way back machine, Rick. The very first year of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show where there was a quarterback, a rookie quarterback who came in the league, where one of the hosts, his name was Rick Flieger. I'm not sure if he's still with the show or not, but one of the hosts. Let's hope not. Every week for 16 weeks told you how the whole Cam Newton thing was a mirage, and then all he would do was go out and throw for 420 yards that week, yep. and that idiot would tell you, don't buy it, it's not going to happen, and then he'd do it again and again and again. So I feel like I'm hedging myself with Kyler Murray. I think he has a talent. I do worry about the size, but whatever. He's got the talent. I just think that team is so bad, that's more where I want to fade him. But again, this scenario, it's Murray pretty easily. I agree. Okay, Monty has a PPR. Monty. Now, see, that that's what I, I can get behind Monty. Yeah. Monty's my guy. Monty. Sounds, you know, Scottish. Or Monty. Or just like English. an old, old bar fly. Yeah. Or like Monty Hall, let's make a deal. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of Monty's, you know. I used to know a guy named Monty Truon. He, he's gone now, but uh, he was. Uh, he a drunk? Well, Monty would put it away. It was, right, it was good. I, I like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, good basketball player. Yeah. You know, good softball player. Um, you know, I mean, basketball, he was tough to defend. Because, man, when he went up for a shot, 
buddy, you better be exhaling if you got near his armpits. <laughs> yeah. I played against a few guys yeah. like you didn't want to defend them. No, you, you didn't want so to. No, that's a good defense. I yeah, like it. it was okay. Um, Robbie Anderson or Calvin Ridley in PPR. Yeah, you know, th- this is one that's going to plague old Monty, I think, a good bit of the year. This week it's Ridley. You got the question marks around Robbie Anderson. I, I think in my full season rankings, I actually have Anderson finishing ahead of Ridley, but we're still worried about the calf. It's going to be slowed anyhow. Ridley, I think that's going to be a good game uh, up there in Minnesota. I think Ridley, we saw how much he likes spending time in the end zone. I think this one's pretty easy this week. I think it could get complicated week to week. This is one I think Monty's going to email this question in 13 times before this thing's all said and <laughs> My, done. Yeah. But, so the answer this week's Ridley. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, take a little bit of a wait-and-see approach to Robbie Anderson. I hate to see calves, um, yeah, you know, things of that before nature. Before the season start, the soft tissue yeah, injury. Yeah, exactly. I hate to see that. I mean, if it was like a, I don't know, even if a finger, you know, they'll tape it up, he'll oh, still yeah. catch the football. Yeah. But, but this thing, you know, a calf or a thigh or and a And they quad. could say he's all right. He could go out. He could run one route. Right. And, oh, never mind. We're not good. To, now, again, that could happen. Anybody could tear anything, hurt anything, break anything. On, But here that – I think that concern really, really exists, right? You go out. How many times have we seen that? You know, he tried out that calf in pregame. He's feeling good. He goes out, runs one route, and nope, wasn't wasn't ready yet. That's it. Okay, we already covered this, but um, and Sammy, I, you know, if you're going to give us a question, give us some information. Uh, yeah. I saw where Matt Breida is listed as a starter for San Francisco. Should I bench Coleman? Well, who in the hell are you going to play? Yeah. I mean, tell me. I don't know. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're going to put in Carlos Hyde, no. Right. If you're going to put in Chris Carson, yes. Yeah. So, But in a vacuum? No. No. He's no. going to play. Yeah. He's going to get the majority of the carries, Sammy. Um, I think he's going to be a pretty safe play right. uh, throughout I'm not going to say he's going to be wide or running back one numbers by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's a pretty safe play as a running back two or a flex, especially in a PPR. You didn't even tell me that. <laughs> if it's standard, I don't even know why you're asking me. Yeah. So, Dope. <laughs> here's another one that won't write it. No more filter for you. <laughs> All right. All right. From uh... – so that was all at asylumfootball at gmail.com, at asylumfootball on Twitter. From my cell phone, Rick, I pulled these out, refused to answer them so we could do them on the show. Uh, real simple, Trubisky at home versus Green Bay or Jimmy G at Tampa Bay? Oh, Trubisky. Give me Trubisky. Yeah, I, I think the ceiling for him. Look, till Jimmy G comes back and, and proves that that knee's okay and the team – is going to live up to some of the hype. And the that Bears. second half of 2017 wasn't a fluke. That all felt right. too good to exactly. be true as it was. And yeah. then the injury, yeah, Trubisky there. Uh, full point PPR, Devin Singletary or Marlon Mack? I'm going Mack. Yeah, right Right now it's Mack. I think this might be different in November if we get this mm-hmm. question, but I think it's Mack this week. And, and the reason I say that for sure is Mack – Establish himself when he came back from an injury last year. He's he's the man in that backfield right now. The only thing that changed on Indianapolis is a quarterback. 
the running back, the receivers, and all that is the same. And I and Marlon Mack's still going to be that guy in the backfield. We still don't really know how this Buffalo backfield is going to shake out. Right. Singletary is going to be the starter, but he could be sitting on the sidelines on the goal line attempts on the third down attempts, you know, with passing, et cetera. Go with Marlon Mack. All right. And this last question, it's the very last question, and it's the very most important. Okay. I know this guy personally. He is handsome. He's intelligent. All right, thank you. Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. That's thank you, Rick. I didn't even realize I sent you a text. He's in a he's in a league where he drafted with some dopes and came away with a pretty good squad, a really good squad. And he has this conundrum. So this question comes from Rick F in West Sunbury, PA, one of our bestest listeners. A half-point PPR, he needs to fill his flex with either Devontae Freeman. Do I need my pencil here? It's only two, but you might because you're old and and not smart. Half-point PPR, Devontae Freeman or Tyler Boyd? And this is half-point. Yeah. And and, And it's Devontae Freeman, not Royce, not Antonio. Devontae. Okay. RF and West Sunbury did a bang-up job in this draft and has has a flex question he's struggling with. I am going to definitively give this listener the advice to go with his gut. And his gut was because I heard him talk earlier in the preseason. Oh, you heard this. That he was rubbing his hands together and on tiptoes with excitement with Devontae Freeman coming back. I think Devontae Freeman gives you a much higher chance of a bigger day considering who they're playing especially. Yeah, yeah. I love, dear listener, I love Tyler Boyd. I I think he finishes in the top 24 of wide receivers this year, assuming my assumptions about A.J. Green are going to be right. This is a tough ask right out the gate being in Seattle in that, that renewed defense. So I think Freeman's the safer play. I think there's higher upside there. I don't see a scenario where Tyler Boyd gets in the end zone multiple times. Yeah, look, Freeman doesn't have it much easier going to Minnesota, but this thing's going to have a bit of a shootout vibe. This isn't going to be a defensive struggle, right? No, Atlanta's going to score points. We've had 72 Tevin Coleman questions today, which brings to mind, oh, yeah, he's not in Atlanta anymore. Ito Smith, come on, my boy Quadri Olison, he's not quite there yet. This is Freeman all the way. Freeman's going to touch the ball a lot. This is about opportunity. No A.J. Green. I think Pete Carroll could take Tyler Boyd away if he so chooses. Plus, the Rocket might be on his back staring up at the lights most of the day. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree, you know, RF in West Sunbury, go go with Freeman. But I think you're a winner either way. You're really? a beautiful, beautiful man. And to have God. that decision to make, God bless you. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah, yeah. that kind of conundrum will drive you crazy during <laughs> the course of the season, yeah. though, really, because – Look, Tyler Boyd could have a monster game, even if it's junk time. Well, well, that, that could you know, be, and, if and, your thoughts of the way that game are going to go, <laughs> there's going to be some garbage. There. I know. So, I mean, it, it was a much tougher question, but I, I, yeah, I mean, as giddy as this guy was on it on um, Devonte Freeman in a preseason and, and the way he's been drafting him, 
you got to go with that guy. You draft him, you start him, right? Yeah, and, and you just can't underestimate how brilliant he was to end up with this conundrum. <laughs> I mean, good luck. I mean, you swear to God you're talking about Cary Grant or this something. Is, <laughs> this, this Rick F guy, man. Did you ever see that old interview of Cary Grant? I um, doubt they, it. They're talking about um, – yeah, I saw it on like Turner Classic movies or something. They show like these little snippets of old things, you know, and and they ask him about his popularity or whatever, and he goes, "Yeah, somebody told me that everybody wants to be me. Heck, I even want to be me." You know? <laughs> I, I feel yeah. Rick F. in West yeah. Sunbury should be this way as well. All right, well, that, you got anything? Else yeah, there? we got a couple more things yeah. here. Right. Um, uh, this is September 4th, uh, the day of the recording of this wonderful show. And, uh, well, birthday wishes go out to Raymond Floyd and Tom Watson. Ooh, good day uh, for golfers. Yes, indeed. Um, between the two of them, they have 12 major titles. And um, it's their birthday. And today, September 4th, 1954. All right. So even before your time. Even before my time. To coincide with the release of his second son single, uh, using air quotes, Good Rockin' Tonight, Elvis Presley, along with Bill Black and Scotty Moore, which they were his band, um, make their first appearance at the Grand Old Opry. Audience reaction was so poor, the Opry's manager, Jim Denny, suggested Elvis go back to driving a truck. <laughs> Was it, that, was it that bad or the Nashville no, elite not wanting exactly. the rock music up there? There's that old staunchy sitting there. He wasn't in the rhinestones yeah. and the big hats. and Oddly, that came the, 20 years later yeah. <laughs> with the jumpsuits in the rhinestones. Well, yeah, actually it did. You're right. When he became a Vegas act and yeah. so forth. And, you know, that's something about that. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Probably a clips of it on YouTube when he did that. Aloha from Hawaii. Yeah, you know, that okay, was the yeah. first via satellite. The guy was doing. He's in those onesie things. You know, look oh, ridiculous. Seven hundred pounds. No, that's what that was. The point. That was nineteen seventy three, and he was up there doing karate kicks, and I mean, in great shape. Four years later, he was bloated and dead. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. It It'll was just, get you quick. Yeah, it It'll does, get man. Get you quick, no doubt. All right, is that it? That is it, man. Oh, all right. Well, God bless America. Thanks. Oh, a little programming update. So pay attention yes. next week. Starting next Wednesday, we will post a show. We'll redo our headlines, recap the week before. All kinds of fun frivolity. We're adding a second show. Come out on Friday night with your game predictions. Your start sits in the mailbag. Maybe a little quicker show, a little briefer show so you don't have to fast forward through all our nonsense to get to the picks. You can hit right to it. So make sure you're watching for that Wednesday and Friday. Check it all out, fulltimefantasy.com, at fulltimefantasy on Twitter, and you can always keep up with your boys, at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. If you want to be in the mailbag and have me tell you what a wonderful, wonderful name you have and just what a special little flower you are, good luck this week. Thank God football is back and we can stop chucking it. Diving here all the time. We can actually talk some football. Till next time, good luck this week. We'll see you. Take care. <laughs>